Welcome to the Followers of the Way podcast for July 21st, 2019. Last week in our new series, In the Gospel of John and the Salvation Provided to Us, John brought our attention to God, the Almighty Being who existed before time began. God who exists in the person of the Father and God who exists in the person of the Word, Jesus Christ the Messiah. Today we look at verse 3 in the first chapter of John's Gospel where we see that all creation exists from the Word of God. We discuss how the order, design, fine-tuned aspects, and information that is evident in our universe demands an intelligent designer, and how the biblical Christian worldview gives a logically consistent view of who that is. So grab your Bible and follow along with us as we explore God's Word here on Followers of the way. So we've been talking about John. We're in the book of John. We've been talking about the Great Commission, our responsibility to spread the word, the gospel of Jesus Christ to everyone we come in contact with. We use as the foundation of this uh, evangelistic series, the book of John. We saw in John chapter 20 when John said, these are written, but these are written in order for you to believe. And so the whole purpose of the book of John is for us, for the world, to believe. And so John sets that up. Then he begins to give specific details. We looked at that the first uh, time in the message. The second time uh, last week, we actually looked at what our responsibilities were. And we looked at three things. So in order, as believers, as followers of Christ, we saw that we had a responsibility to contend for the faith. So we were to engage with people about uh, what we believe, encourage them, refute and correct those who oppose what the scripture says. That's our command according to the word of God. Contend for the faith. The second one was to be ready to give an answer. The Bible tells us and Peter that we should live so that others will ask us of the faith that we have, the hope that we have, what we believe. And so we need to be ready to give an answer. So in order to be able to answer the questions that people ask us, we have to know. And so the Bible tells us to know what you believe. We need to have an understanding. This is what I believe. This is why I believe what I believe. And then finally was to preach the word. So contend for the faith, be ready to give an answer, and to preach the gospel. And so from that, we begin to look at John chapter 1. Turn with me in your Bibles. What is this gospel? What is this good news that we are supposed to be telling? And what are the aspects of the good news? And so we started off uh, last week and we said that in order to tell this good news, we have to start with God and who God is. If your gospel, if your good news does not begin with God, you're telling a gospel that's not of the Bible. And John starts in John 1, 1, in the beginning, the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. And so we talked about God and the existence of God and how John said, hey, I wrote this book so that you may believe. So in order to believe, you need to understand God, who he is, how he existed before time, outside of time, He's all powerful and, and he goes through um, book talking about aspects and elements of God. We looked how that God was superior, how he was all powerful, all knowing, the all authority being. And when we see in those verses, verse one and two, we see that God was the word and the word was God. And so not only do we know about God the Father, the first person of the Trinity, we also learn about God the Word. 
or Jesus Christ, who is the second person of the Trinity. The Bible tells us that he is God. He existed eternally before the creation of the universe in the beginning. He coexisted eternally with God. I like that. And said the word was God and the word was with God, was with God. And so it kind of shows that we're talking two different persons here. I can't be with myself. That doesn't make any sense. So if I'm with Jaden, that means that there are two separate persons there. And so we learn that about Jesus Christ, the word. And third, he himself was the same nature of God. We talked about that. In his nature, he was essentially, or he is essentially deity. And so we have God the Father, we have God the Son, we have God the Holy Spirit. They are three persons, distinct persons. And we learn that this word, who John wrote this book about, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, was 100% God. The same nature as God, the same essence as God, the same stuff as God, and he is deity. And so, in order to have the gospel, we have to have understanding, understanding of God. We have to have understanding of Jesus Christ and the fact that he is God. Third, John comes and he talks about creation. And that's where we are today. John chapter one, verse three, it says, all things were created through him. And apart from him, not one thing was created that has been created. In him was life, verse four, and that life was the light of men. When we talk about the gospel message, When we talk about the gospel message, we have to understand that the message isn't just Jesus Christ came, he died for your sins, he rose again, you need to get saved. That is part of the gospel. It's an important part of the gospel. But there are all parts of the gospel that are important. And John said, in order for you to understand the gospel, I'm going to get to the part where he came and he died and he's your redemption. But before that, we have to understand what's the background, what the foundation of this. And so we have to understand God who God is. We have to understand Christ, who Christ is. And then John says, you have to understand that God created the world. So that's creation by God and creation by the word. All things were created through him. Who's him? He's talking about the word. That's the contest. That's the subject he's talking about, Jesus Christ. All things were created through him, and apart from him, not one thing was created that has been created. Now, we're going to take a pause here because we're going to get into some things, and I want us to understand the concept of truth. You're going to hear a lot of things. Uh, 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 people are going to come up with a lot of things, but what you have to understand that truth, I don't, I don't have space to write this, but I'm going to write it. I know you're saying there's a big white boy there. Truth has to be, I got other stuff in my mind that I know I'm going to write, that's why. Truth has to be logically consistent. Oh, I spelled that right. What that means is that for something to be true, it must follow the laws of logic. Okay? And so when we talk about truth, we're talking about God, we're talking about creation, and people come up with their ideas or their concepts, we have to take those concepts and those concepts have to be logical. 
They have to follow some logical flow. They have to be consistent with logic. There's some other things about truth we're going to get into today. It has to be coherent. Uh, some other things about truth. But I just want to talk about it. It has to be logically consistent. It has to follow the laws of logic. And what we're going to see when we look at creation, that out of all the worldviews out there, the biblical worldview, the Christian worldview, the atheistic worldview, there is no God, the evolutionist worldview, the naturalist worldview, out of all the worldviews out there, the biblical worldview is the only one that remains logically consistent when we talk about creation. And so, John said, hey, you got to know about God, Christ, and you have to understand that God created the world. When we look at that, and, and, and this kind of coincides with what we talked about last week about God and, and who God is. When we look at creation, and, and you talk to people who say, well, I believe in Big Bang, I believe this happened, I believe this happened. The one thing that you can say to them and that every scientist, so every person has to explain, there must be an explanation for the order that we see in the universe. We see order. We see order. And the evolutionists will tell you that the order that you see came from disorder. Now, logically, that has to make sense. There's too much order that we see in the world to have come from chaos. Because that's what the evolutionists will tell you, that we are created from chaos. There was a time, a long time ago, quadrillion, quadrillion, billions of years ago, where matter came in contact with energy and there was an explosion, a bang of some sort. And it wasn't a small bang, it was a big bang. And this big bang, life began from chaos, from nothingness. The problem is, is that we see order in the universe, and I have to believe logically that order can come from chaos. What do we mean by order? When we hear the word order, think organized. What we see when we look in the world, the creation that exists, we see things are organized. For instance, atoms. I'm gonna draw an atom. I love science when I was little. I wanted to be a scientist when I was little. Yeah, I love it more now. <laughs> so in your atom, you have an atom. What's the middle of the atom is called a what, anybody? Nucleus. nucleus, okay. You got the nucleus. Inside the nucleus of the atom, you have protons, and then you have neutrons. All right? Outside, you have electrons. All right? These are positively charged, these are negatively charged, and these are neutral. And the Bohr model of the atom, this is called the Bohr model of the atom, the Bohr model of the atom has the electrons orbiting the nucleus. Now, every atom from the Bohr model's perspective is like that. Now, atoms are the stuff that everything is made out of. And so this has a bunch of atoms in it, like a quadrillion. This has a quadrillion more. You know, we all are made of all, all these atoms. And so what we have in this atom is a form of energy. Now, what's crazy is about there's energy that's keeping this thing together. How do we know it's energy? Well, I worked in a nuclear lab back in the day. And what we did in the nuclear lab is we took things that were made out of atoms, like gold and different things, and crystals and diamonds, and we used to take electrons and throw them really, really, really fast at those things. Of course, we didn't grab the electrons and throw it because that's it's not possible. <laughs> you can't grab electrons and throw them. But we put them in this, uh, this race track. So think of a, a, a track that people run around and we started the electron here and we shot it out and as it went round and round we had a bunch of uh, 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 magnets and it made it go faster, 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 faster
and then we boom release it at whatever material we're throwing at. When we released it, it came here and it broke up this bond. We call this bond a nuclear bond. Nuclear bond. When this bond broke, it released energy. You've seen nuclear explosions. You said the atom bomb and exploding that little cloud. You heard about what happened in Hiroshima, all that. That's what someone taking an atom and breaking it. All that energy, all that power is wrapped up inside of these things. And there are about a couple of them in this room. <laughs> you got to look that up. Much less the planet Earth. Atoms themselves have an incredible amount of order inside of them. Well, these things are balanced. So I can go over to a water fountain and then I have hydrogen coming out, which is a specific arrangement of that. Oxygen coming out, which is a specific arrangement of that. And then I can drink that and I'm refreshed and I'm energized. But you can take that same hydrogen that I just drank and then you can split it and it's called the hydrogen bomb or the H-bomb and you can destroy cities. That same hydrogen. But there's order because you arranged it a certain way and you have what 70% of our body is made out of. There's order in this universe. Things are organized and someone has to logically explain why that is. That awesome, sophisticated complexity, complexity of the world around us cannot be interpreted based on what we see, the materials or laws of nature. Uh, I might heard of Stephen Hawkins. He's a well-known physicist. Hawkins looked at all this and he says, listen, I'm, I'm actually going to read the quote from his book. This is what Steve Hawkins said. According to him, the laws of physics, not the will of God, provide the real explanation as to how life on Earth came into being. The Big Bang, he argues, was an inevitable consequence of the laws of physics. This is what he says. Because there is a law such as gravity, the universe can and will create itself from nothing. So because there's a law of gravity. So what's gravity? Well, gravity is a force. This is the fun part. <laughs> gravity is a force. We call it F sub G. And I don't remember all the things, but there's a constant here, G, and there's an equation here. Uh, and this is the mass of one object, the mass of the second object, and this is the distance between the two objects. So I have a big object, let's call this the sun, and I have a smaller object, we call this the earth. This has a mass, big mass, M, let's call it MS from the sun. This has a mass, ME, mass of the earth. There's a distance between, we call that distance R. And then there is some constants, we call it the gravitational constant. This equation, works no matter where you are in the universe. Now that's mind-blowing because that says that the gravity that I feel wherever I am is going to follow this equation no matter what. Why? Well, because things are organized. Things are fine-tunedly set across the universe. Fine-tuned. Now, there's a couple of things wrong with what Hawkins said. First, notice what he said. Because there's a law such as gravity, the universe can and will create itself from nothing. So what Hawkins is doing, he's assuming that 
gravity existed before anything existed. And so when he says that because we have gravity, we can assume the universe made itself from nothing. Wait a minute, you said nothing, but first you said it was gravity. And so this argument is not logically consistent because he said the universe created itself from nothing because we had gravity. You see what I'm saying? The other thing wrong with the statement he said is that um, the universe can and will create itself from nothing is self-contradictory. For instance, if I say that X created Y, that presupposes that X existed before Y did. If I say X created Y. What Hawkins said was that X, the universe, created the universe. He said the universe created itself, which means that X created X, which means that X was there before X, which again is not logically consistent. This is how we approach people who have these things, who say these things. Oh, it's a big bang, it was evolution. My first question to them is, I said, well, you have to explain some things. You have to explain to me how something came from nothing. You have to explain to me how order came from non-order. You have to explain to me how, uh, I'm sorry, how order came from chaos. <laughs> non-order, just chaos. You have to explain to me how what we see came from absolutely nothing. When you think about order, think about reliable. How is it that I can look at laws in nature and how they never change? This thing works on Earth. This M1 is the mass of the Earth. M2 is the mass of Olu. R squared is the distance Olu is from the Earth. I'm standing on top of it. And so if you put in my mass, the mass of the Earth, and the crazy thing about it is if you compare my mass to the mass of the Earth, which one is bigger? Don't joke. Okay? <laughs> I'm just... Erase that. The mass of the Earth is bigger than my mass. <laughs> By a considerable amount. I just set the softball up there for a little just to take it, knock it out the park. Um, because the mass of the Earth is so much crazy ridiculous more than my mass, my mass is pretty much insignificant. And so when you take the mass of the Earth, I'm standing on the Earth so the distance is very, 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 very ridiculously small times it's constant, what we get is that the force of gravity here on Earth is 9.81 meters per second squared. That's the force of gravity on Earth, wherever you go, on the Earth. And the thing about it is that this is consistent and we use this to make things, we type this into computers, we use calculations so that we can fly airplanes. So you get an airplane and fly. All of these things we know because we look at the universe and we see that the law is, that the universe is orderly and reliable. If I take a cup of hot coffee and put it here on the table, let's say it's steaming hot. If I put it on the table and just sit it there, what's gonna sit it there? What's gonna happen to the hot coffee? It's gonna not be hot anymore. It's gonna eventually cool down and reach room temperature. If I take some freezing cold ice cream and set it over here, what's gonna happen? Is it gonna stay freezing cold? No, I know what's gonna happen. I don't even have to show you because we've seen it enough. It's going to warm up to reach room temperature. 
And so there's a law in nature that's orderly, that's reliable, that's consistent, that things left to themselves, no matter how hot they are, or how cold they are, eventually all things, if left to themselves, are going to reach a certain medium. If this room was pitch black and I came in with a flashlight, or I cut the light on, what happens? The light overtakes the darkness. I don't care if it's just a little light in the corner. If this room is pitch black, that light is going to take over the entire room. Why? Because what happens is light overtakes darkness. Now, have you ever been in a room that was totally light and you brought in some darkness? I'm bringing some darkness here. Ah. First of all, what is that? I'm bringing a flashlight that's not on. Oh, 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 oh. It doesn't work. Why? Because the universe is consistent with light and darkness. We were at the, uh, Jaden had a game uh, a couple last week, and we were at Melbourne at the beach, and woke up early to watch the sun come up. And it's pitch black, it's pitch black, it's pitch black, it's pitch black. And then all of a sudden, you just see light. And everything is lit. I mean, it's not bright, but you can start seeing stuff all around just by that little glimmer of light. Because why? The universe is, there's an order there. That's how God set us up. If you say, and, and as from the Christian worldview and the biblical perspective, what we say is we can explain the order that you see. We say we can explain the consistency that you see. We have an explanation that's logical to why this remains the same wherever you are in the universe. Our explanation for that is not that there was this big bang and matter and time came together. Time came together before there was time, before there was matter. These things came together and they hit and there was an explosion. And all of a sudden, everything that you see now, after billions and billions of years of random chance, are here. Now, I've got a lot of questions I have with that, that the scientists don't want to answer. Well, we have an explanation. See, if you take God out, that means that an explosion followed by a random chaotic chance gave us order, organization, and this fine-tuned, reliable world that we see. I talked about fine-tuned already. You have H2O, which is water, and then you have H-bomb that could blow up and kill hundreds of thousands of billions of people. I was listening to uh, Lee Strobel. He's a apologist that I, uh, one of the guys I really love to, to listen to. Um, and he was given a talk and he talked about gravity this way and about the facts of gravity. He said if you took um, uh, dials. Okay, old school electronics used to have dials, things you turn, like the TV had a dial you had to turn. Uh, the oven, ovens have dials. Y'all seen ovens with dials, right? So let's say that um, there was a ruler and we looked out in the universe um, and we took a ruler over the entire universe, okay? So if I were to take the entire universe, let's say this board was the universe, and I would put a ruler over the entire universe. This is a ruler, by the way. These are the numbers. That means it's a break and then it keeps going forever and ever and ever. If I took a ruler and stretched it across the entire universe, the ruler would be 15 billion light years wide. Everybody put 15 billion light years in your head. You got that? You say, well, what's a light year? A light year, I'm going to write this down for you. One light year, one light year 
is equal to five, eight, seven, nine, zero, 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 zero miles. A light year is how far can light travel in a year? So you know light travels really, really, really fast, right? So in a year, how far can light travel? Well, in a year, this is hundreds, this is hundred thousands, this is millions, this is billions, this is trillions. So one light year is about six trillion miles, okay? So a billion light years is about six trillion miles times a billion. 15 billion light years is six trillion miles times a billion times 15. It's pretty long, all right? So if you take this, we stretch it up, and let's say we broke this down into one inch increments, okay? So we got a lot of inches, okay? We break this down, gravity is set at the exact right dial. So out of all the different dials, all the different numbers that gravity could be, gravity is set specifically to and that number right there. It's fine-tuned. In order to understand that, it's set so exact that life can exist. This is the only spot that gravity can be set at on this dial that's 15 billion light years long. 15 billion light years of inches of numbers you could have chosen that it could have been. This is the only value that gravity could be so that life could exist. Life on Earth, life on, the, on other planets, life in the galaxy, life in the universe. If gravity was different, then the sun and the Earth would crash into each other. If gravity was different, then Pluto and Mars would crash into each other, or our universe would crash, our solar system would crash into another solar system. If gravity was just off by one little inch, and he was saying that if you take that dial and turn it one inch off and put it here, then all life is destroyed. That's how finely tuned the universe is. And I'm supposed to believe that that came from some type of explosion and chaotic randomness. It's not logically consistent, but we have a logically consistent answer to that. We say that the reason why the universe is finely tuned is because it has a fine tuner. The universe has someone who took the dial and was like, and I'll make gravity there. Because if I go a little bit that way, a little bit that way, everything will die. And we believe that that fine-tuner who fine-tuned the universe is the almighty God of the Bible. The reason we say that there is order in the universe is said because there is someone who contained and created the order that we see there. The reason we say see design in the universe, when you look at something that's designed and, 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 and as, as the more complicated the item that's designed here is, the more complex the designer. Think about the iPhone. I got an iPhone right there. And when I was looking at the iPhone, I was thinking about it while I was preparing a message, and I was thinking this is an awesome, sophisticated, complex piece of hardware. It is, okay? When I was younger, we had beepers. <laughs> and they were that yay big, it, they were black. Now if you were fancy, 
you had like a see-through beeper. So you had like the blue beeper or the, the bright colored neon beepers, the different ones. I wasn't fancy. So I had the black beeper. And what would happen is someone had to go to a phone if they want to contact me. They would go to the phone, they would dial my number, and then hang up. And then I get a do-do-do-do-do-do-do. He was cool. He was, you know. Excuse me, I'm getting, I'm getting beeped. Uh, you see what the number is, because all it did was tell you the number of the person to call you. And then you had to go to a phone, <laughs> put in a quarter, and then call that person. It was good. Yeah, I got you beat. Uh-huh. There was cool things you do, 911 if it was a problem, or different other things you could do. But when I look at the iPhone, and I look at this thing, and I see the apps, when you really think about it, when I think about it, it blows my mind, these apps. Of the things that you can download and instantly have and instantly work on right then. Um, FaceTime. FaceTime is mind-blowing for someone who used to watch, uh, what was that cartoon? Uh, Space Guy, Jetsons. Because we used to watch the Jetsons and it was like, ha one day your phone will be a video, you can talk to somebody, that's so crazy, in the future. And now, like, everyone has that in your pocket. Um, Netflix. I can, on my phone, watch any movie I want to. GPS. We, we at Raytheon, we work on the GPS system. We actually maintain it and, and set it up in the sky on the satellites and do all that stuff. And so when I go and sit with these guys and talk to these guys about the GPS system, it's mind-blowing what, what we're doing and what has to happen to make sure this happens. And I have that on my phone. I can just press that little arrow and it'll zip, go right to where I am. And then I can have five my friends on my phone and I can hit it and I can see where Molly is, where Jaden is, where Janaya is, where Layla is. Sitting there on my phone. Janaya, they play with my new, my work, my work phone has this little uh, face emojis thing. What's this called? Who? An emojis? Yeah. And so you turn to an animal and then you can do whatever you do. That's what you do. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Right there. That's the only thing you can do with it. And when you do that, the animal on the screen does the exact same thing. And you open your mouth, it opens its mouth. It's, it's incredible. Instagram, these AirPods that are in my ear. What is this? When I was smaller, your head, you could have any kind of, and this is a pause, you got any kind of Walkman you wanted. By the way, Walkman? You know what a Walkman is? Okay. Okay. Walkman. You can have any kind of Walkman. You can go to Radio Shack, because that's all we had and get the cheapest Walkman on Montgomery Ward, get the cheapest Walkman. But what you had to have was your headphones had to be on the point, okay? You could have a cheap Walkman, but if you had some serious headphones, you could hear that boom boom, okay? The boom boom, that's the only, that's the only thing you wanna to listen to was the boom boom, it was that bass, baby, that was it. Why do you have headphones on? To hear the bass. And so we used to, man, we used to invest in headphones, man, and, and back then the bigger the headphones were, the more, okay, the more serious you were about music. So I used to walk around, man, my headphones was like this. What's going on, everybody? Headphones. Yeah. All right. Walking sideways. Yeah, walk, go through doors like this. Don't worry about me. But that's as serious it was because the headphones were set up. I mean, look, there's no wires here. These things are set in my ear. They know when you take it off. Something tells it that you're not there and the music cuts off by itself. I can hook it up to my phone or to her phone. The complexity of that design is incredible. But what's so amazing is that, suppose I said that, hey, that iPhone, 
that you have. Is that iPhone? We're gonna pretend it's iPhone. This iPhone <laughs> that we have here was designed, was this incredible design just came from nothing. And it was just random chaos that created this thing. Well, this is a this is a phone, Samsung in this case. I'm talking about the human body. I'm talking about animals. I'm talking about the planet. I'm talking about the galaxy. I'm talking about the sun. I'm talking about the stars. The design that we see there, I'm expected to logically believe that it came from random chaos. Well, we have a logically consistent answer to design. This is the design that you see in the universe. That is, it has a designer. I don't have time. I really wanted to get into DNA, but I'm not going to get deep into DNA. But when we look at DNA, DNA is information. Y'all see them little DNA signs? I'm going to send a drawing real quick. I've never done this before. I really haven't. Y'all seen something like that before? With DNA? Uh, back, when, back when Clinton was president, um, they were able to break down the human genome. And when they did that, they mapped out the entire G DNA. What DNA is, is the chemical instructions for every cell. So the DNA is information. It's a language. It's a message with content. And so what it is, it's the instructions inside every human cell that contain the blueprint for life. I order a desk from Ikea. I get this flat box. It's like, how does the desk fit in this flat box? It doesn't. You open the box, there's a trillion pieces, and then there are some instructions. And those instructions tell me, take this piece and do this, this piece, do this, don't do this, use a screwdriver, don't use this, put this there, blah, 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 blah. And in the end of following the instructions, the blueprint, I have this Ikea-made desk. If I had the material without the instructions, I would probably have a very difficult time trying to put it together. But the instructions, the information, the message of the content tells me the blueprint. There are a hundred trillion cells in the human body. I said a hundred trillion cells in the human body. One cell, if I took one cell and uncoiled the DNA, it would be six feet tall. That DNA, embedded in that DNA is a four-letter chemical alphabet that spells out the precise assembly instruction for every protein that our body is made out of. My eyes are brown, I think. Yeah, they're brown. The cells that make up my eyes have DNA inside of them. And the DNA is written in such a code so that and those eyes are brown. There's a code inside my DNA that says Olu will be grow to five foot seven and three quarters. Yeah. It's just that's what it is. Five foot seven three quarters. I mean, I'm just I'm just being honest. True. Almost five. It's logical and consistent. <laughs> There's a code in my DNA that says Olu will have curly curly hair until the age of. 30, no, 40-ish, then it will all fall out except for the beard. Ah. All of that, yeah, who's tired? <laughs> ah. All of that information 
is wrapped up in the DNA. Olu's will have this amount of melanin in his skin. Olu's hands will be this big. Olu's feet will be this big. Olu's, all this kind of stuff is wrapped up in that information. Someone said if you took an in, each individual cell has the same amount of information as a hundred years of a Sunday morning's newspaper. Each cell, remember there's a hundred trillion of these cells. The problem is that our bodies, each one of these cells has information inside of them. And what I'm supposed to believe logically and consistently is that information came from non-information. That there was nothing, there was explosion, there was chaos, there was randomness, and then information showed up. And not just regular information. I'm talking about specific 100 trillion pieces of specific information that make me unique to anybody on this planet Earth. You're not gonna walk in and see another Olu, five foot seven and three quarters, brown eyes, this complexion, bald beard, 11 and a half shoe, 11, uh, 11 and a half ring size. You're not, you're not gonna see that guy, fingerprints. All that is coming from information. What nature does, now in nature we see patterns. We see patterns, we see snowflakes. Snowflakes have patterns. You look at a leaf, a leaf have a pattern. But you do not see information created from nothing. We were on, like I said, we were on the beach. If you're on the beach and you see the waves lapping up on the shore, it's a technical term, lapping on the shore. You see the waves coming up. You see the waves go back. You might see some ripples in the sand. And you say, oh, that's so cool. The waves came up, and then when they went back, they made these kind of, look at those ripples in the sand, nice little pattern. But if I was walking in the sand, and I saw in the sand, um, Dante loves Patrice forever with a harp and an arrow going through it, I wouldn't say, oh, look, the water came up on the sand, and when it went back, it made Dante loves Patrice forever in the sand. Because that's ridiculous. Because that's information, that's language, that's content. I wouldn't expect language and content to come from just a random washing of water. But the evolutionist will come and tell me and says, hey, Olu, the reason that you got brown eyes and this and all the DNA and all that information came from just random nothingness. Look with me in Psalms 139. Psalms 139, you're familiar with the verse, verse 13. David says, for it was you, God, who created my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I will praise you because I'm remarkably and wondrously made. Your works are wondrous, and I know this very well. Created my inward parts, all that information that's wrapped up in one cell out of the 100 trillion cells that are unique to Olu Bolden that inform my body, the sound of my voice, how it comes out. All that information. David says, God, you formed that. You write that. Jaden said, who was that typing? That was God typing. That information there. Those things let me know in a logically and consistent fashion that we did not show up. I don't, order didn't come from chaos. 
Information didn't come from non-information. Design didn't come from random acts. There had to be a designer, a fine tuner, a organizer, and an intelligence to give us this information. John said that all things were made by him and without him there was not anything made that would made. Since God created, and here's the problem that the world has, since God is our creator, since he is the creator and Jesus Christ is the creator, the Bible says that in him he created all things. Being that God is creator, that means that he governs, he is in charge, he makes the rules, and he is the authority on everything. That's what that means. Because he's creative. What he says goes. His way is the only way. Because he's creative. And so that's where the world gets into the problem. Because ah, I don't want to do what God says. I want to do what I want to do. So how do we get rid of God? Oh, let's just say we showed up here by bay. There's no God in creation. Yeah, we're just random acts of nothingness. I'm just, just like that dog that's walking across the street. I'm just an animal. I just can talk. That's the only difference. And we just came from a fish who turned, walked, washed up on shore. He grew some legs and then he grew his tail back and then he grew into a, uh, some type of walking thing and then to a monkey. And then after billions and billions of years, because it got to be a long time because we don't, billions of years, and then we turned to a man. And it was the first man and he was in a cave and he hit rocks together and he invented fire, yes, and then a wheel and then a woman and then. Because we can't have God, because if God created us, that means he's in charge. That means I gotta do what he says. That means I can't have my own way, I have to follow his way. And so God says, I created you, and in Genesis, we look and it says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and God said, let there be light. And God said, and God said, and God said, and then God came to Adam and Eve after he created them, and he said, okay, this is how I'm gonna set up relationships between man and woman. He said, one man and one woman shall get together and they shall leave their mother and father and they shall cleave together and they shall become one flesh. And so God, who created all things, and since he created all things, he's in charge. He's the law. He makes the rules. He's all authority and everything. He said this whole thing called marriage between one man and one woman, that's how it's going to be. Boom. And then we come along, man, come along and say, yeah, but I don't want to do what God says. I want to do my own thing. So we're going to say that a man can marry a man. A woman can murder a woman. That's cool, because who's going to tell me who to love? Love is love. That's so, that's so cute. Love is love. I saw Tisha yesterday. Love is love. No one's debating that. No one's saying love is love. That's logically consistent. Yes, love is love. I should be able to love who I want to. Sure, you should. And you can. There's nothing here that says you can't love who you want to love. The problem comes when you want to say, and because of my love, I want to enter an intimate relationship with that person. Yay! God says, whoa, pause. No, that's, that's outside of my rules. Oh, well, you know, I just, I'm married. I got this wife, but I just like that wife over there. So I'm going to not, I'm just going to go and begin an intimate relationship with that woman even though I'm with this woman, and that's just what I'm, you know, gonna know. Cause love is love. Who, who, who can tell me who I love? I, 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 I just, I can't. What am I supposed to do with the love I have? 
Well, that, well that's against what the creator said do. Well, I'm not married. But I see that girl over there, and I want to enter into an intimate relationship with her. Because love is love. Who can tell? I can't control who I love, so I want to. No! God said, one man, one wife, married, and they shall become one flesh. So that eliminates homosexuality. It eliminates me going and doing stuff like that, that I do with people who I'm not married to. It eliminates me doing things with people who I'm, because I'm not married. That cuts all that mess out in Genesis because God said, I created it and this is how I set up because this is what's best for you. But we have problems with that because it doesn't fit how I like to be. If God is creator, then we've got some issues. The issue is that being that he's created, he created us for a purpose, for a reason. You saw the fine tuneness the design, the order. And when we step outside of that order, when we step out of that fine tuneness when we step out of that design, we violate the rules that the creator set aside. And that becomes an issue. One last verse, turn to Colossians 1.15. We'll get into this when I come back because what it goes into now that we understand that God exists, that Jesus is God, that he created, we have to understand this life thing. And that's what we look into verse four when it says in him was life and that life was the light of men. But before we close, Colossians chapter one, Sure, I didn't use a lot of scriptures today, but I want to make sure we got some scriptures. Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 and 17. You've heard this before. He, talking about Jesus Christ. So Paul is writing to the church in Colossae and he's talking about Jesus Christ. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. Firstborn. Remember, the Bible is an Eastern Orient book. And so when they see the concept firstborn, that is a titleship. Okay, it doesn't mean that Christ was born. That means he's a title, like king or over or in charge. So the firstborn, that means he's the king or in charge over all creation. Verse 16, for everything was created by him in heaven and on earth. The visible, those things you can see, and the invisible, that born atom, the protons, the neutrons, the nuclear force, the electrons. All those things were made by him. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things and by him all things hold together. As we explain the gospel message, we have to understand that God exists. We have to explain it. We have to understand that Jesus Christ is God, just as God as God is. We also have to understand that we, everything that you see, invisible and visible, were created by God because that is a foundation that we need to understand because we said the gospel is good news good news means it was bad news bad news that means we decided to do our own way well, what's the problem with that the problem is we can't go our own way because we're not our own we were created by a God so without this understanding the gospel message is a nice story but we need to understand what the Bible says about the word of God about the gospel the good news of Christ and so when we go to the next message, we're going to get into in him was life and the life was the light of men. Father, we love you. We thank you, God, for your word. We thank you, God, how your word is truth. And because your word is truth, God, your love, your word is logically consistent. 
We thank you for that, God. We thank you as we look at the world that we can see your hand. David says the heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament, firmament shows his handiwork. So we thank you, God, for the design that you put in the earth. We thank you for the order that you put in the earth. We thank you for the fine tuneness that you put in the universe, God. I pray, God, that we as followers of you, not only understand that, God, but we would live as such as you are creator, live giving you glory and honor and thanks in what we say and what we do and what we think. I pray, God, that you will help us tell those who we come in contact with what we believe and why we believe so we can contend for the faith. We can be ready to give an answer to every man who asks and we can preach the good news of the gospel. We love you. In Jesus name I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Followers of the Way podcast. If you like more information about Followers of the Way Church, visit our Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash FOTW Church. Again, that's www.facebook.com forward slash FOTW Church. We trust and hope that you've enjoyed hearing God's word and how to apply it to our lives. Our podcast is updated weekly, so remember to follow us here at Followers of the Way.